at, at what you personally saw at those 10, 10 vote centers? Well, it, it was really pandemonium out there um, everywhere. Um, the tabulators were not working. And um, that was what I saw at, you know, I saw the same thing happening at uh, six of my 10 vote centers. And, and so you, you've been voting for a number of years, correct? Yeah. Uh, how would you characterize the events of the 2022 general election compared to other elections that you witnessed? Oh, this was uh, a completely different animal here. All right, let's start off with uh, this. This is a, what they call a preprint study that hasn't been peer-reviewed yet. And it was published two days ago by the Cleveland Clinic. And it shows, by the way, this study was, this study was reported by Cleveland Clinic's Nabin K. Shretha, Patrick Burke, Amy Nowaki, James Simon, Amanda Hagen, and Stephen M. Gordon. And th it shows that the messenger RNA vaccine raises the risk of contracting COVID-19 and that each mRNA vaccine booster increases the risk of contracting COVID-19, while those who have not received any vaccine have the lowest risk of contracting the virus. Now, while the increased risk was relatively minimal, that doesn't matter. The result is it does the exact opposite of what it's supposed to do. Remember how vaccines are traditionally to inoculate you or to vaccinate you from getting said, and then they change it. Oh, well, it, it, it lowers the risk of you getting it. <clears throat> and then it turns into, oh, it lowers the, the, the risk, uh, the severity of the sickness if you get it. Well, whether it's minimally worse or not, it doesn't matter. It's worse. And even if it weren't worse, if it were the same, it would be ineffective. But this is not just ineffective. It actually is worse than not being vaccinated. The highest risk was to those who received more than three vaccines. Listen to the words coming out of these lips. You are, according to this study and several others, and by the way, these people had no agenda. They said that these results they found uh, were unexpected. But here is the golden sentence from the study. Quote, the association of increased risk of COVID-19 with higher numbers of prior vaccine doses in our study was unexpected. Well, of course, you would expect that result to be if you've been paying attention and if you've been on this channel, which we have been covering COVID, the vaccine, and the stolen election since March 1st, 2021, when this program started because... YouTube made it so that we could no longer talk about these subjects. Which brings me to the subject of YouTube. You're probably wondering, oh my gosh, James, what happened to your YouTube channel? There's no content on there. That's right. Once again, YouTube has come after us. I was very, very careful 
If you watch my YouTube channel, which most of you who subscribe to this show also uh, watch our YouTube show, I'm very careful. I don't violate any rules. And for generally, I just don't talk about the virus. I don't talk about vaccines. I don't talk about uh, the stolen elections. I save that for here. But perhaps, just perhaps, because yesterday, my child, the beloved BCP Juniorette, got married. That's right, yesterday, BCP Juniorette got married. I did one episode, and I was just a little exuberant, perhaps, because of the uh, wedding. I woke up early in the morning, did that uh, that uh, episode, and I I did what I always do. I alluded to perhaps that there is an injection, but I did something I never do. I actually reported on VAERS data. I never said the COVID-19 vaccine. I just said, hey, look, the VAERS data shows that there is a 4,000% increase in stillbirths and in... Um, uh, in uh, stillbirths and miscarriages. That's it. But of course, obviously, the VAERS system is reporting on the adverse effects of the COVID-19 vaccine. And bam, YouTube shut me down. And uh, there you have it. So that's why you're not, you're not seeing anything on the Black Conservative Patriot channel. And because Junorette is getting married and as on her money honeymoon for the next week, we won't have anything on the BCP report either. So, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Um, once again, I didn't break any, violate any rules or anything uh, on there. I just mentioned a fact that there were increase in reports. And that was enough for them to hit me with medical misinformation. It's medical misinformation to report a fact that I didn't even attribute and say that it was from the... COVID-19 vaccine, which obviously it was. But I guess even the YouTube algorithm finally figured out my sarcasm. But let me give you some more truth. Check this out. It's a crisis. This is coming out of um, central Norway. The number of people needing funeral services in central Norway has has risen dramatically. Lars Fonholm, the fourth-generation general manager of Trondheim's largest funeral home, has said that the funeral home's century-long history has never seen anything like the current number of deaths. Deaths are up 30%. Quote, it's a marked increase and we have not experienced anything like it in four generations, Lars told the local newspaper. He believes the funeral home um, has seen a 30% increase in deaths this year compared to last year. We have had such an increase since the company started. We have not had such an increase since the company started in 1922. It's a hundred-year-old company, and they've never seen this increase in deaths. But I'm I'm pushing medical misinformation for those of you that know how YouTube works and say, "Oh, you should just appeal it." I did appeal it as I always do, and as YouTube always does, they immediately rejected my appeal without even reviewing my uh, my appeal. Because like literally, it's like five minutes later, oh no, we reject your appeal, which means they didn't review it. It's just automatic. BCP, they see my name, they go, oh, must be misinformation. Anyhow, let's get back to what's going on in Norway. But it's medical misinformation to tell you things like, oh, I don't know, there's increase in mortality. 
By the way, countries all over Europe are seeing sky-high excess deaths, and they are not related to COVID. But of course, they're related to the COVID vaccine. Things are so bad, they're taking their cars out of their garages, putting in coolers, and storing bodies in these garages in Norway for up to two weeks because they're telling people they can't even have their funerals in a timely fashion. Quote, for us, it has created enormous challenges with everything from refrigerator capacity to access to ceremony rooms, so there has been some waiting time for survivors. We have had crisis preparedness if there are large numbers of deaths in a short time, in plane crashes and other major accidents it is used, but now we have to use it also with ordinary deaths. I don't think the peak has been reached. Once again, I don't think the peak has been reached. Survivors risk waiting 15 to 20 days between death and burial because churches and other ceremony rooms are busy. Wow. Nothing to see here, of course. I am just a tinfoil hat guy. What the hell do I know? I just know numbers and facts and truth. But facts and truth are a dangerous thing nowadays. By the way, we do appreciate your support in subscribing and joining us on this show. Because obviously we have no YouTube income for the rest of the year. But your generosity and your subscription to this show makes it possible that we can just keep on trudging along. Good news. On Monday, a federal appeals court ruled that Biden's uh, COVID-19 vaccine mandate for federal contractors, which could affect as 20% of Americans, um, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has ruled that the government cannot require a federal contractor to vaccinate their employees as a condition of government contracts. So we're getting some wins in these courts over these mandates. This is good news. The Epic Times uh, reported that the judge, Kurt Engelhart, by the way, who was uh, appointed by President Trump, said that in the majority ruling that the close nexus test combined with appropriate deference to presidential determiners leaves Biden with nearly unlimited authority to introduce requirements into federal contracts. And he can't do that. For instance, uh, the Epic Times is reporting that he illustrated his point by saying that Biden could hypothetically mandate that all third-party federal contractors' employees reduce their body mass index below a certain number based on the theory that obesity is a primary con a contributor to unhealthiness and absenteeism. So it's a slippery slope argument, which is a valid argument. So you can't do that. So this is a victory against tyranny. Um... But once again, we shouldn't even have to worry about Biden because Biden isn't even the legitimate president. He, he didn't win. They stole the election. It was rigged. And they did the same thing in 2022 in Maricopa County. Let me give you a recap of the first day of trial of the Cary Lake uh, trial. Now, look, this is a very uh, <clears throat> narrow trial. It's hard to know from reading some of these highlights, highlights and these transcripts if the judge is going to be fair and rule correctly on this, because there's a lot of things that I'm seeing here that was that was stricken from the record that weren't allowed to be explored. And I don't know if it's because they're trying to keep the scope narrow because they're only doing two days, or if this is kind of a preview of this is just another dog and pony show that's going to lead to nothing. But here's what we had um, happen. Okay, so in the morning, the first part of the trial, uh, 
there was witness bombshell testimony from cybersecurity expert uh, Clay uh, Parrick. Okay. And also in the afternoon, we had election investigator uh, Heather Honey. There was a Maricopa County whistleblower and an RNC roving attorney, Mark uh, Sonnenkler. Okay. So uh, let me play you what Mark Sonnenkler uh, stated about how there was pandemonium everywhere because of these tabulation machines and ballot on-demand printers and just how all of this was just a total foobar situation. At, and what you personally saw at those 10, 10 vote centers? Well, it, it was really pandemonium out there um, everywhere. I, I, I was within, uh, from Fountain Hills to North Scottsdale, or where my vote centers were, I started out in Fountain Hills and immediately, I mean, there was a line, there was a line of 150 people at Fountain Hills. Um, the tabulators were not working. And um, that was what I saw at, you know, I saw the same thing happening at uh, six of my 10 vote centers. Um, there were different things happening at some of the other ones too, but six of them in particular were really bad. Um, and and so you you've been voting for a number of years, correct? Yeah. Uh, how would you characterize the events of the 2022 general election compared to other elections that you witnessed? Oh, this was uh, a completely different animal here. Um, so I was a roving attorney at uh, during the primary, and there were you know some minimal problems there too, but. The general election was a complete, completely different situation. Um, there were lines out the door, which did not you did not see during the primary uh, at many of the vote centers. There were angry um, and frustrated voters who did not want to put their ballots into box three, um, and um, there you know it, it was just. And, and, and then there were the poll workers who were extremely frustrated and really didn't know what to do. Most of them, I would say, were doing their best, you know, to to figure out a solution to the fact that the tabulators were down, uh, were not reading the ballots. Um, That's right. The machines couldn't read the ballots. Well, let's look at that. Let's get into what's been reported on before, but now is in the court. So it's now on record. Let me just give you an idea before we get to this star witness of Carrie Lake, uh, who is a cybersecurity expert and actually is a EAC testing laboratory pro uh, for the, uh, the actual system use, which makes him a star witness. They've, they've tried in the past, go, oh, you're a cyber witness, but you're not an expert in, you know, machines or voting elections this one out the door but before we go there let me just kind of paint you a picture of what was happening here okay the um the judge restricted what topics could be discussed and he constrained witness answers the attorneys for the defendant which was maricopa county repeatedly objected to uh, questions and witnesses uh, and wit and witness answers the attorneys uh for the uh county uh uh often uh, had, and the judge agreed, that certain things be stricken from the record. Um, and there's no, there's no discovery in these cases because basically the 
fraudsters are supposed to come to, to, to court with proof of their fraud. Well, obviously, that's not going to happen. So it's very tough. Uh, it's often tough to prove these fraud cases. But uh, the, uh, the county brought in their witnesses. But I want to talk about the witness, Clay Parrick, who was brought in as an expert for Kerry Lake's team. He's been practicing in the cyber field for uh, two decades. He worked for the EAC testing laboratory, ProVNV, for nine years. This is the same company used across the country and by Maricopa County to test and, testif- uh, to test and certify their election machines. So what was going on here? Well, uh, Parikh, ha- uh, Parikh had already inspected the publicly available cast vote records. He created a plan for the court-approved ballot inspection conducted yesterday. He was allowed to inspect a few ballots but from only six of the voting centers. Hmm, why not more, but only six? He had to modify his original plan because the election day ballot data, the cast vote records, which would be referred to as the system of record, was no longer valid due to the recounts. The ballot had been retabulated for the recounts, so Maricopa County was unable to track those back. They can no longer produce the original cast vote records for future audit. Now, by the way, these duplicates are created because the original ballots were uh, were damaged, incorrectly configured, torn, or so on, and they're supposed to have the the the, the originals along with the recreated um, originals. But as we saw in the 2021 uh, Senate audit by Cyber Ninjas, they can't find the originals and the copies. That's the rules, but they didn't keep the rules, and they don't know why it happened. But here's what we know. Maricopa County uses a 19-inch tall ballot. At the very last minute in 2022, which wasn't a case, as we heard um, from the attorney in the, in the primaries, but later in 2022, they decided to move to 20-inch ballots. Uh, so we had one of their other star witnesses, Jarrett, said that the volume of races required... No, sorry, uh, Jarrett from Maricopa County said that the volume of races required that they needed more room. So out of all the spoiled ballots and duplicate originals, there were 113 that Parikh examined yesterday. Of these, 48 had a 19-inch image on, of the ballot on the 20-inch paper. That is why they could not read them. The images were not sized correctly. That was all by design. When they said, now check this out, they tried to say, oh, no, this was by accident. This, this must have been some sort of like error. Parikh explained, one way this happens is to change the printer adjustments. The other way this might happen is to change the, it on the application side, you know, uh, by coding it. He said it's most likely the ballot-on-demand laptops used at the voting centers created this issue when they print each ballot. He needs access to conduct a full forensic investigation. The other possibility is that these changes were made to the ballot stored on the EMS server, the election management system. Attorney Kevin Olson asked, can this be done by accident? Parikh responded, no, sir. I reviewed the evidence and the printers are configured by script. This takes away any possibility of human error. Therefore, this change was made by design. The, the tabulators and machines were rejecting them because they were the wrong size. Because for some reason, at the very end there, they changed it. And I'm going to, when I go back and edit this, I'm going to show you the county evidence from the midterm 19-inch ballot next to a 20-inch ballot. You know, quickly, when you're looking at it not side-by-side, you may not notice the difference, but the machines do, and that's why they got rejected. But I'm going to play you, to end this report, one of my favorite things. 
In the afternoon session, the star witness, Heather Honey, absolutely destroyed the, um, the attorneys. So there was a chain of expert on both Runbeck and Maricopa, uh, a chain of custody expert on both Runbeck and Maricopa County. And there are legal requirements, legal requirements for this chain of custody. Let me get into this. Uh, this is Heather Honey. Um, uh, ballots were received back from the drop boxes. And um, her concern was that uh, specifically the, um, the seals were being removed when the um, uh, ballots were received back from the drop boxes. And um, her concern was that uh, specifically the, um, the seals were being removed from the transport containers um, and the ballots inside were not counted. Uh, she, you know, that was a requirement as she understood it. And the fact that they were just taking those ballots out of the transport containers without counting them um, was, was her primary concern. And then, okay, so we have two different people you have spoken to working in two different places, correct? Correct. One's here at Runbeck, the third-party vendor, and one's here at McTech, right? MCTech? Mm-hmm. All right. And both of them are both telling you that there is no chain of custody on Election Day for ballots being transported from MCTech to Runbeck. Is that correct? Correct. They weren't following the, the legal requirements for chain of custody. So there were seals on the containers um, when they transported them, but the, the specific issues were that they were just cutting them open, taking the ballots out, putting them in trays without regard to how many, or, and there was no documentation. Um, there were handbags and purses um, where they were processing the, um, the, the ballots. That was a... Con- So what we're clearly seeing here is they weren't following protocol. Now, these are, these last two clips I want to play you, that's a setup so you know what was going on um, here. There's chain of custody issues both at the third uh, party and also uh, there at the uh, MTEC, you know, the the Maricopa where they were doing this. Now, here's where uh, it gets interesting. So she's letting us know that Maricopa County did not follow the law in regards to the chain of custody requirements. And that's according to the law, okay? They weren't following their legal requirements for chain of custody at both Runbeck and Maricopa County. Now, what was very interesting is that uh, the Arizona Elections Procedure Manual um, talks about how they're supposed to look over this uh, during election day. And Stephen Richter over at, uh, in Arizona, Maricopa County said he was not responsible for oversight of the drop boxes on election day. Is this true or not? Let's see what Heather Honey has to say about that. Recorder Richter hypothetically were to testify that, oh no, I'm not responsible for drop boxes on election day. Would that be accurate? It's my understanding, according to the EPM, that it specifically makes the recorder or the recorder's designee responsible for uh, the secure 
retrieval of ballots deposited in drop boxes. So it would be my understanding that that applies um, to election day. There is no exception to the requirements for election day. Yep, that's right. The lying bastards over in Maricopa, the recorder, CM director said, no, no, that it was election day. I'm not, I wasn't responsible for it that day. Oh, all of a sudden he abdicates his responsibility the, the day of election. Oh, because, you know, the ballot drop boxes, that's for like early voting, whatever. No, you, you're responsible for your job at all time while it's your job. And while that is your responsibility. So she put a uh, kibosh on that. But here's my absolute favorite. I'm going to end with this. This is a mic drop. So I won't even comment after playing this clip. So we appreciate you being here. Uh, make sure you tune in for the other episodes we'll have for you throughout the week. Uh, but this uh, this attorney for the county, remember the county of Maricopa is a defendant here. Uh, Carrie Lake is going after all these people for uh, for voter disenfranchisement and for uh, election issues. Uh, he tried to pull a fast one on uh, Heather Honey, uh, an investigate the investigator and. Remember, Heather Honey is an investigator and supply chain expert with 30 years of experience. He tries to uh, humble her, and she ends up humbling him to the point where he doesn't even know how to answer. I think this is a good way to end. You don't really need me to set it up for you. It'll make sense. Listen to this. You're not an attorney, correct? Okay. So I'm going to ask you a legal question, but you only have to answer if you have an understanding about it. If you don't have an understanding, it's perfectly fine to say, I don't know. Um, are you aware that under Arizona law, a ballot is not uh, not actually unlawful if it is uh, the term that's used sometimes is harvested or ballot collection. But if somebody who is not authorized to handle it deposits it, deposits it or like what happened at Runbeck, if somebody brings it and inserts it into the stream, but not into an, a designated authorized drop box, are you aware that under Arizona law that is not actually an unlawful ballot? I think the, the term in the law is an invalid ballot. Okay. Um, just one minute, Your Honor. Mm -hmm. No more questions. Thank you very much, Miss Sunny. Okay. okay, I said I wasn't going to comment, but that was too rich. Are you aware that it isn't uh, illegal? Uh, the law says it's invalid. And then the uh, attorney fumbles, has nothing but egg on his face and says, that's it, Your Honor. Thank you, Miss Honey. Thank you, Miss Honey, uh, for uh, giving a little entertainment. I think we all love to see when evil attorneys uh, get shown their place. We'll be back. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, goodbye God bless, and Merry Christmas. Gotta give us what we want. Uh, gotta give us what we need.